you're listening to the Seven Transformations podcast. For access to the latest content, including the show notes to this episode, stay connected at the7transformations.com. Create a life you love. Transformation is an ongoing journey, and it is good that we don't have to walk that path alone. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is my weekly podcast sharing life lessons on and off the competitive floor with a few stories in between. Thank you for joining me on this journey. And now, let's create a life we love. What's up, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me. My name is Tudor Alexander, and I want to welcome you to my show, The Seven Transformations Podcast. Happy Monday. I wish you an empowering week ahead. Today we are talking empowerment. What is it? When do you find it? When are you empowered? When are you disempowered? And what does it mean? And how can you use that as a barometer in your own spiritual journey, in your own personal development journey, whatever you want to refer it to. This show is a lot about creating a life that you love, being inspired to be in action, and create great things. That's what I'm really all about, and I hope to motivate and inspire people and give them practical tools to do, because I think life is short, and we should be creating big things. So in the process, there's a lot of things that I've experienced that I want to share with you. And one of them is about empowerment, because in my life, working with people of all ages, of all abilities, you know, I teach ballroom dancing, and it's it's much more than just what you see on Dancing with the Stars with rhinestones and all these types of things. It's really a personal development journey. You know, I have some clients that I've had for many years and to keep them motivated, to keep them coming in several times a week, to pushing their bodies, trying, you know, dresses on, being in front of others at competitions, at showcases and performing. It's no easy feat, you know, and there is a constant cycle of motivation and goal setting that we have to do. So One of those things that I learned from my career is about empowerment, and it is a baseline function, a baseline tool that I use to look at all of my interactions, to look at my relationships, to look at how do I, you know, behave in a particular situation. So I wanted to share with you what I believe about empowerment, and particularly how you can look at your own life and start to take some of these things and see, okay, you know, is this situation empowering me or disempowering me? You know, why is that so important? Ultimately, empowerment is kind of like this buzzword that's been thrown around in the personal development, you know, or spiritual arena. But it doesn't have to be out there. It doesn't have to be frou-frou. It is something that is very practical and it's it has no you know spiritual connotation it's it doesn't have to be wacky it's really just something down to earth that you can use to judge neutrally whether a situation is something you should do or not or how do you judge your interactions how do you leave your relationships your communications at the end of the day you know how do you handle a conflict How do you make a choice regarding different options or different circumstances that are playing in your life? It is a universal barometer for your choices and your relationships. So what is it? You know, empowerment, 
you know, you hear about these situations that are empowering and, and really transformative. And ultimately what empowerment is, it is a state of being. And if we look at that a little closer, it is a state of creation. That's what I believe. So when you are empowered, you are in the possibility of creating. You are in action. You are in that realm where you are a generative force. You are able to create a solution. You are able to bring about change. You are the author of your life, of your particular situation. Now, that doesn't mean it's comfortable, because certainly there's many situations that are empowering, but not comfortable. You know, you could be going through a car accident or something, you know, terrible, but you can still find meaning in that situation, and it will give you power to move forward and to create something out of it. You know, some of the most meaningful and life-changing work out there has come about from very terrible situations that were flipped around and turned into an empowering situation, despite, you know, the, the circumstances. So empowerment has nothing to do with comfort. In fact, it's usually quite the opposite. But empowerment is about action. It's about creation. And we're not talking creativity as in artistic creativity. We're talking about the ability to create. This is something I talk about often and is so important and central to what I believe and how I conduct myself in the world and the people around me, is that creation is at the central part of your happiness. And that's your ability to create relationships, to create projects, to create a future for yourself, to create you know, something that you set out to do. Like, let's say I want to create a vacation and have a memory for the rest of my life. Are you able to create that? Are you able to create challenges for yourself and meet and exceed those challenges? Those types of things are what determine your success, your happiness, your fulfillment in life. They're a huge part of it. So your ability to be in a creative state, to be empowered, is extremely important. And there is never a short supply of situations and people, let's say, that disempower you. So we're going to look at that today in this episode. I'm going to outline seven ways that empowerment exists and that can happen, and conversely, how we can get disempowered. You know, I talk a lot about the seven transformations, and again, it's a book that I'm writing, and it's based loosely on the seven chakras. It is also combining, you know, my experiences in competing and teaching, as well as a lot of other personal growth experiences that I had, to one system. And I believe that the seven chakras are a very effective system because they're very intuitive, you know, and they don't have to be this fancy spiritual thing, uh, you know, old wisdom from India or Sanskrit. They can be something modern, you know, and new that you can look at. For example, you know, one of the ways that we get disempowered is by trying to control things all the time. You know, you could say that that has to do with your first chakra, which has to do with safety and, you know, controlling the world and, and ultimately feeling in danger and all these things. But, you know, that's intuitive. It's obvious that when you're trying to control a situation, 
rather than just letting go and controlling what you can control, uh, that that's going to disempower you. It's going to rob you of power, you know, of your ability to create. So that is, those are the types of things that we're going to be talking about today. So again, why is empowerment important? It is a baseline. It's a baseline that I encourage you to employ in your daily actions and choices and decisions that you make with people. You know, a good a good way to live your life is like with your relationships, whether they're business relationships, romantic ones, whatever, is, okay, did I leave this conversation with empowerment? Did I leave that person empowered? Never leave somebody disempowered. You should have a radar for that. And the better you get at that, you know, you can call it social intelligence, you can call it being an empath, you can call it whatever. It's all the same thing. It is your ability to not only just be empowered yourself, but to radiate that power to other people so that when you come in the room, you are a source of power for others. That is what being a leader is about. So, you know, empowerment is the baseline that you always come back to. Did this situation empower me? Is this choice that's going to commit me to this particular path an empowering one? And if not, then why am I doing it? Or how can I find power in this situation? You know, we, we tend to, you know, being disempowered is not a problem, you know, but staying disempowered is a problem because you cut off your ability to create a life that you love. And that there's a lot of things in that umbrella, but your ability to create is directly related to your happiness and fulfillment. So that is a measure of your empowerment. If you're empowered, then you can create. If you're disempowered, you're not going to create much. So obviously there are many things that affect that, but your ability to take control over it and to empower yourself is very, very important. So number one, you know, we're going to go through the seven chakras. I'm not going to specifically refer to the seven chakras, but everything I do is in sevens. I love that number, and I love the structure of the seven chakras. So I'm just going to go with these. Again, I'm not going to refer to the seven chakras themselves, but they all have to relate to to that structure. So number one is when we let go of control. You know, when you let go of control of a particular outcome of something, you let go of the the thing that is robbing you of power. You know, when you let go of expectations of others, when you let go of fears of the future or worries of the past, these types of things are operating on a survival mechanism that is triggering your sense of danger, of perfectionism, of wanting other people to do what you need to do, you know, and ultimately it comes down to your sphere of control, your area of control, you know, learning what is your area of control, what are the things that you can control, because control is not a bad thing, it is when you try to control the things that you can't, that you lose power, think about it, when is the last time you tried to control a situation that was really essentially out of your control, you lose power in that situation because you are giving all that mental energy and creative energy to something that you can't act upon. So it's literally draining you. So when you let go of control in the proper place, then there is an empowering situation there. You are empowering yourself, and, and the feeling is of freedom. I'm free of having to control that situation. It's not robbing me anymore. So that's one way that we can get empowered. 
Another way is when you are pursuing your passions. This has to deal with your creative energy. You know, I talk about, you know, your passions and your creative energy, channeling them in a way that is meaningful and fulfilling to create something. You know, whether that's, you know, coding, you know, or painting or, you know, working out, whatever it is for you that you're really passionate about. Our creative energy, that is the, you know, we did, the Asian cultures call it your chi or, you know, your your energy that's flowing through your body is there to create. Now, you can waste that energy on, you know, chasing social status or things like that, which is, let's say, an unproductive use of your creative energy, or you can invest it in learning new things, you know, things that you enjoy pursuing and spending time on things that you that you love you know the japanese have this thing called ikigai i hope i'm pronouncing it right but it's it's an awesome thing that i use it's a little chart and you should look it up it's spelled i-k-i-g-a-i it is a really cool tool to help you pinpoint your passions because it combines it's basically saying when you when you meet these four criteria you are in ikigai, or like kind of the perfect harmony of following your passion. And that's finding what's needed by society, finding what you love to do, finding what you are good at, and finding what pays. And it's interesting because there's any number of combination of these things. You know, like if you are doing what's needed and what you love, but you're not getting paid for it, you know, that's a particular outcome. If you are doing what you're good at and what pays but you don't really love it or society doesn't really need it, that's also a problem. So it's really balancing those four with your passions in a creative and contributory way it has to have an outcome, something greater than just these low-level things that we spend our energy on. So follow your passions. Spend some time a little bit each day doing something you love because it's empowering. It's empowering when you even, you know, I'll be exhausted I have so many crazy things going on right now, and I'll come home, and I get to spend a little time on doing some work on this podcast, or, you know, writing a little bit of my book, or creating a note here and there, and it's always a refreshing thing, because it's not work, it's something enjoyable, it's something that you love to do. When you're doing what you love with your energy, that is empowering, and that is the key to maintaining the power, so that's number two. Number three is when we take responsibility for something. This one's a big one. This one is one of the most common ways that we get empowered, and even more importantly, what tends to happen is we get disempowered when we don't take responsibility. And there's a lot of things that go into this. You know, for example, when you take the lead, even though you don't have to, you know, you, there's something that happened, and you take it upon yourself to create the solution. And that is empowering, even though, again, it's not comfortable, it can be very empowering. Another way when we take responsibility is to connect to something greater than yourself. You know, if there's a cause that you really care about, or, you know, there's, there's just some situation going on that is greater than you, you know, than yourself, then you are going to feel very empowered taking responsibility and connecting to that cause through your actions. When you own your choice and the subsequent consequences of that choice, 
you know, every choice, I'm, I'm going to create an episode because I think this is really fascinating, but every choice, there's dimensions of, of our choices, you know, and uh, like I said, this will be in a future episode, but every choice is, is not singled out. There's no such thing as like a single choice. You know, if you want to get really metaphysical, it's like what caused what. There is no cause and there is no effect. It is a constantly evolving process. So when you make a choice, it is it is a, a, a moving path. You know, you're constantly moving forward. So when you choose, it's not an arbitrary point that just is isolated in time and space. It is a path and you start moving down that path. And then you make another choice and you move a little bit this way and that way. So ultimately, every choice has within it consequences. It has within it a process that has to be played out. And that process can change based on the subsequent choices that you make. But when you own your choice, because we often tend to treat choices, especially like, you know, your goals, or your commitments, we tend to treat those as a singular thing. And then we cop out and quit on them. You ha And this ties into the next thing, which is completing what you start. Every choice comes with it as a process, as a series of subsequent choices. And when you own all of the choices that are involved in that choice and you complete what you start, you know, doing what you say you're going to do, finishing your goals exactly the way you plan them, keeping your promises when you can, you know, the agreements that you make with people, those kind of situations are really empowering. There is a power to to having that completion, to owning your choice, regardless of, you know, what happened. And some of that is acceptance, you know, like being in alignment with what is. Let's say, you know, I, I didn't choose to get a flat tire, but okay, you know what, I'm going to choose this situation and and take responsibility for it and make it happen, do what I can with it. That is acceptance of the situation, that is aligning yourself with it. And that is owning that choice. You didn't choose to have a tire, you know, go flat. Obviously, nobody's going to choose those things. But you can choose it after it's happened. You can choose to be with it. Or you can, you know, likewise, like we said, you know, these things are also how we get disempowered. You know, resisting it, resisting the fact that you got a flat tire and complaining about it and and you know, wondering why and, and ruminating on it and preoccupying yourself with it, those types of things are going to disempower you. And then you go to bed disempowered, and then the next morning you're going to wake up even more disempowered, and it just is a trickle effect if you can't get yourself out of that kind of thinking by employing these tools and this awareness of, okay, I'm disempowered right now. Why am I disempowered? Okay, well, it's because I'm not owning this choice, or because I didn't complete what I said I would complete, or whatever. You know, so these things that I'm sharing with you, it's not an exhaustive list. It is a structure to help you take a look at your life. You know when you're disempowered. You know how you feel. You feel crummy. You feel stuck. You feel like there's no possibility. It is, you know, it's a state of being. And you know how you feel when you feel empowered, too. It's not some lovey-dovey thing. It is It is a powerful place. You feel confident. You feel optimistic about the future. There is an emotional state of being that goes with it, but it's not an emotion. You know, there are things that you feel. So find those times when you feel a certain way and start to connect them to 
this structure of, okay, what is it exactly that is robbing me of power? You know, because there's different ways that we lose power, and these are the ways that uh, I've identified. So number four is when we contribute to someone else. So this is something that I've found very meaningful because we live as social creatures. You know, when we when we help somebody, when we random acts of kindness, when we do those kind of things, when we share our gifts and what we know, when we teach other people, when we're generous, when we, you know, do acts of service, when we get them gifts, those kinds of things when we contribute to someone else, obviously without any, you know, attachment, that's number one, right? Any attachment of a particular outcome, because that's going to rob you of power. When we contribute to someone else, that is an empowering situation. And likewise, when we refuse to contribute, when we hold back our gifts, when we hold back, you know, if you see somebody that you can help and you don't, there is a loss of power there. Now, how great is that? I don't know. It depends on the situation. It could be very great if the person is very close to you and it's a meaningful situation, or it could be a little loss of power if you see a homeless person and the first thing that comes to you is, you know what, I really want to help this person, and then your mind kicks in and says, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't, or this or that. You lose a little power there. You lose a little power, and I've felt it, you know, all the time. You know, everybody's felt it. So it's becoming aware of these things and making a habit to choose power over comfort or reason or rationale. So, again, comfort and power don't exist in the same realm. So contribute to other people often. This is a rule of maintaining personal power. So the fifth one is when we are authentic with our feelings. You know, what does this mean? You know, feelings is not, it doesn't mean that, hey, I'm upset with you you know, you're stupid or something like that. That's not being authentic. Being authentic means being vulnerable. Truly, you know, why do you feel? And what that means is taking accountability for what it is to you. You know, it's it's one thing to tell somebody that you're upset at them about something or whatever, that you feel a certain way. It's a totally different kind of thing to tell somebody what it is you're upset because of a particular weakness or admitting some fault in your own character or person that led to that feeling. You know, like it's like if I tell somebody, hey, you know what, I don't really like that you said that about me, you know, you're really this and you're really that, that's putting it on the outside. You know, that is robbing somebody else of power, you know, telling that's being inauthentic. This is the opposite of this and and that robs you of power because ultimately that creates conflict and part of you knows that you hurt somebody else so that robs you of power and then it's going to rob you even more of power because that person's going to strike back and so on and it's a totally different thing to say you know what i'm really trying to conquer how you know people think of me i i just feel so you know stupid sometimes you know and that that really hurt or whatever you know and it's like ultimately you're making it about you in a sense, not in a selfish way, but you're really connecting to what it is inside of you that made you feel that way. You know, so being vulnerable, the more vulnerable you are, the more authentic you are about a situation. And that, you know, vulnerability is anything but comfortable. And 
A lot of people associate that to weakness, to danger, but it's not. When you truly share yourself and you can let go again of the outcome of what you know what it is that's going to be perceived on the other side, that is very empowering. And on a on a lighter note, it doesn't have to be this heavy thing of vulnerability because sharing comes in all forms. You can share ideas, you can share things that you know, sharing you know opinions obviously constructively, sharing in general, release what is inside to the outside authentically. You know, and when you're inauthentic, obviously, that is a very disempowering situation. And what kind of inauthenticities come via expression? Well, when you're dogmatic about something, when you're inhibited about talking about something, those kind of things are situations where they're very disempowering. If you're not, you know, if you're not expressing yourself often or expressing how you feel, you know, being vulnerable, that is a disempowering situation. You're going to develop a lot of sense of inhibitions and meekness and all these things that make you feel small and disempowered because sharing is something that should be a part of your everyday life. You know, and again, it doesn't have to be some heavy emotional thing, but sharing ideas, sharing, you know, being part of the community, part of the group, contributing with what you feel, your experience, those kind of things are very empowering. And when you don't, when you hold back, or conversely, let's say you have a loud mouth and you're just dogmatic and talking about all these, you know, concepts out there and not really talking about what you feel, uh, you're talking politics all the time or you're talking all these superficial things, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But is that really empowering you? Is that really bringing authenticity to your life? It's not, you know, and there's nothing wrong with talking about those things. But ultimately, we should include in our speech, in our conversations, in our sharing with others, things that are genuine and authentic about what we feel, not how the world is working and doing all those kind of things. Make it personal. So that's number five. Number six is when we create a possibility or create a solution where there was none. You know, this is having to do with your mind because the mind closes off situations all the time. It's the function of judgment. You know, you judge a situation and that's it. Okay, this is how it is and there's no way around it. So when you are able to create a possibility to look at a situation newly, to look at it openly, to look at creatively, and creatively in a sense of looking at the relationships between things rather than how they are not related. That is what creating a solution really means. It is looking at how something else can relate to your situation in a way that you did not see it before. So, you know, when you can create a possibility with something that wasn't possible before, that's very empowering, you know? So look at a situation and and look at also the converse side of that is that when you are, you know, not seeing a possibility, when you're stuck on a certain way that it has to be or that it is or it was or it will be, I don't know, it is very disempowering. Life is change. Life is movement. Everything is constantly moving. Only human beings create permanence. There's no such thing in in the world. And permanence has its uses, 
uh, but it also can create a lot of heartache and disempowerment when used in the wrong way. You know, when you look at something and, and you sentence it to a, a permanent state of being, like, oh, this person is terrible, or I am stupid, or whatever else, you have sentenced that situation to no change, which breaks the universal law. Like, there's no such thing. Everything is constantly changing. You know, even the worst situation will change. It is a universal law. So ultimately, you have to be in a malleable state of being with your mind to be empowered. You know, so empowerment happens when we can create a possibility around something. So the final one is you know, related to that and related to some of the other ones too, and that's when we create something meaningful. Human beings operate on meaning, and it's what drives our actions forward into into life, into our relationships. And one of the key factors to longevity and health is our ability to create meaning in our life, a meaningful purpose, a future that has a vision and some sort of integration with society. When you create something meaningful that is greater than yourself, when you create a purpose, when you find your why, that is very empowering. When you cooperate with others to create something greater than yourself, this is also empowering. And likewise, think about the times when you have become cynical, when seeing that bigger picture is not there for you. It's very disempowering. You know, cynicism is something that we all suffer from from time to time, but you can't let it fester because it really closes you off to creating a fulfilled life and it disempowers you on a very high spiritual level you know finding a life purpose looking at what it is that you're here to do and contribute this is one of the most important aspects to being empowered and many people are walking around disempowered spiritually on a deep level that's probably even under the radar because they don't have a meaningful future. So take a look at that, you know, that's it's not it's a big question but it's not something that is difficult. You know, we all know what we're curious about, we all know what we love to do. And it's just a matter of taking action on those things little by little and the rest of it will just organically happen in your life. You just have to take action. You already know what you love and if you take action on what you love, that purpose will become clear and that vision will become clear and you will feel the power that it is to be in alignment with your gifts, with the things that you are meant to do here in your spiritual path, as they say. So, so there you go. Those are different ways that we get empowered, that we can get disempowered. Different things for your radar. You know, build that radar. This is all about building that radar. And empowerment is a tool, it's a baseline that you can always come back to. Did, your, did a situation leave you empowered or not? Did a relationship interaction, you know, leave both of you empowered or just, you know, one person and then take a look at why? Then it's not true empowerment and that means you took power from somebody else or why, you know. So those are, it's a baseline currency of interaction. So take a look at that in your life. I challenge you to see what it is that's robbing you of power. And from this list, 
you know, letting go, pursuing your passions, taking responsibility for something, contribute to someone else, being authentic with your feelings, creating a possibility, creating a meaningful life purpose. All those things, see what situation that falls under and do some work. You know, this is the kind of work I do with people all the time. And it is a, a process that I'm always learning, you know, and, and I'm always trying to apply to my life because it's not like you're ever free of it. You are always going to be a little disempowered from situations and life's always going to throw a new wrench at you. But your ability to have a radar and the tools to get to empower yourself, to create meaning from something that is painful, you know, uh, those things are very important in life. So I hope that this episode has given you some power for your week ahead. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting the show. If you would like to contribute to the show, check out the website. I have all my PayPal and Patreon stuff up there. All of the donations I get from the show, 20% of that will go to a charity in my community uh, page, anyone that you want. So just let me know what it is and I will donate that money to them as well. So thank you for helping me create this as a show where people can empower themselves. That's what that's what it says, empower you to create a life you love. And that's what it's all about, to put you into action in creating whatever it is that you want to create. So thank you for tuning in, and I wish you guys an excellent week. We'll see you in a couple days. You're listening to the 7 Transformations Podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. For weekly articles on creating a life you love, stay connected at the7transformations.com.